Welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. We're here to pull back the curtain of entrepreneurship and help you fall in love with the business of your business. We know every step forward is a chance to be more aligned in purpose, grow businesses that create impact, and live the lives we work so hard for. Sometimes all you need is a reboot to get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. I'm Corey, and I'm a brand strategist specializing in brand photography for small business owners. And I'm Melissa, a confidence and business coach for female founders. And together we are the Business business Reboot. (laughs) (laughs) We're an education hub for entrepreneurs helping you refine your brand and generate more revenue by helping you create offers that make sense. Yes, that's what we do. Hey, happy November. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's been November for a minute, but I'm I mean, just so happy but, about it. But in, but in our minds, because it is both of our birthday month, like it is our are, birthday month. I mean, um, by now, when you're listening to this, I am 48 years old, and at the end of the month, Melissa will be 52. So, um, that's she right. did not wait. Did you say 52? Did you say 52? Ma'am, I'm gonna be 41. I'll be 41. That's what happens. When we're Mama. recording and she's looking at her cell phone and not actually listening to what I'm saying. Well, you know um, what? You know what? Never mind. I was trying to tell you your pants are swishing, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to let you sound like you're wearing a sweatsuit that you brought home from the 80s. And so we're just going to let it be what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be 41 whole years old. Yeah, I still go say 52, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. When I went to the Taylor Swift movie for the eighth time with my daughter and they started singing, I'm feeling 22. And the next verse says something about you and me. I said, I'm feeling 43. And she (laughs) LOL'd. So, yes. (laughs) I love that. They're my favorite. Yes, they are. I'm going to tell you right now, they really are. They are my favorite. Uh, decade of my life so far. So, I mean, my 20s were great because I was getting married, having babies and all the things, but the uh, 40s are really, really awesome. But anyway, let's get on with our episode. It is November yes. and we are about to be inundated with sales. So we wanted to take these next two episodes to talk about uh, sales and content cycles. And so this episode, we are going to be diving into like short-term runway kind of sales cycles. And next week, we'll dive into more long-term runway of casting a vision for longer-term growth and pivots. Yes. Okay. And for some reason, this episode, when we were creating all the things and digging through the notes, tons and tons of notes that we have from how we've taught this content before or how we talk about this content with our individual clients or how we use this you know, in our own individual businesses, it was like, let me just put on a pair of really heavy blue jeans and walk through some quicksand. (laughs) We were like, why is this so difficult to talk about? And we realized that um, because it's November and our brains are mush already because we have been uh, just going at it uh, real hard over here at the Business Reboot. Uh, But also because sales have such a, a, honestly, like an emotional tie for so many people, they struggle with sales. And so what we want to talk about today with looking at short-term sales cycles and content cycles, this is actually supposed to help you feel less intimidated by selling things because you're not just coming out going, hey, have you guys always wanted to buy something? You should get it for me. Or you're not cold calling and saying, girl, I have something that you have to have. Like, no, you're actually being really intentional and planning ahead. Now, mind you, 
It is mid-November by the time this episode comes out. And that means that Black Friday deals are already starting. By the way, I miss Black Friday the way it used to be when I was a kid where it was only one day. It was actually Black Friday and you have to go to the mall and it was so fun and crazy and there was chaos. There were people everywhere and most people get hives by that, but not me. It was the best. Um, But now Black Friday deals start, I don't know, a week ago. Yeah, and they're going to—they're going to be running through the end of the year because uh, it's just going to be a madhouse. But uh, so it's a little late if you're starting to just now plan for what you're going to sell at the end of the year. But um, this is a really good time for you to hear it because you can take any breaks of time that you have over the holidays and start planning out what you've got coming for quarter one. Like this is this is going to help with a lot of that. Right. And so looking at your sales and marketing cycles, we're talking about like quarterly, but also 18 months out, to be honest. Um, You know, you've got to think about uh, your business also in a fiscal year type way that's very specific to you and get your marketing and your sales plans ready. Uh, For Melissa and I, like, we literally map it out on the calendar. Um, After, of course, we always say, get your vacations and your important family stuff on the calendar first, but then look at the seasons of your specific industry and plan ahead in that way. Um, It's important to look at the quarter ahead and you're literally probably creating content a quarter ahead, but also, you know, scale back or, or zoom out a little bit and look at 18 months and what does your fiscal year look like in your industry? Right. So, so we wanted to talk about how just, you know, we have personally uh, just some examples of having to plan out because there, there are going to be things that work in certain sales cycles, uh, kind of like how if you ever couponed, you're not going to buy razors and sunscreen in bulk in December. Like you might find some in a clearance bin, but the expiration date is going to be close. <laughs> and so most of the time you're going to be buying those. You'll see those things on sale in like May, um, or you'll see those things on sale in the summer. You're not going to be um, you know, buying Christmas decorations in, you know, April. They're, it's just not out yet. And so we wanted to give you some examples of ways in our business where you, where our businesses, where you start to pre-plan. So Corey, can you tell about even when just like your senior photography days, how you did a booking funnel with that? Absolutely. So, um, I actually would do a senior team every year. I think my biggest year, I had like 23 um, rising seniors on it. And so what they were, were they were my model team, which basically was my marketing plan for the year. And so what I would do would be December of every year, I would start putting out there that I was going to be taking on or I was going to open the applications for my senior model team. And I was really targeting the juniors at that, mm-hmm. at that, on that particular year. And then I would open it up. I would close it end of January. And then I would make announcements um, in February of that year. So in February, I was having a, an interest meeting. We would then go through and be like, okay, so these are all of you who are interested. This is the, these are the details of what senior team looks like. And I would literally take their deposit for their senior portrait session in about January or about February, March of their junior year. We were not going to start shooting until the summer and fall into their junior year. I mean, to their senior year. However, I was basically creating a funnel to where I was guaranteeing myself work for that next senior season when it was going to be really busy. And I was filling my calendar basically ahead of time. But January, February, March for senior photography was always a slower season. It's, It's cold. Most kids aren't wanting to shoot then. They're busy, all the things. But I was able to bring in the booking fee. And when you're talking about 
$250 times 23 kiddos, that was a nice little bit of revenue um, being brought into my business in my quote unquote off season. And then I was securing and making sure that I had those clients for that next busy season. And so it's one of those things. And it, it was, we built a buzz around it. It was really exciting. We would do our first team photo shoot, like late spring, early summer, right as they were starting their senior year. And so that was a really great way to look at a sales cycle and to figure out there was a gap in my revenue, um, in my revenue bank account in that first your checkbook. (laughs) It really was. And and I think that's the thing is those of us who are creatives, especially if you're a photographer or videographer, you know, these things that a lot of things happen seasonally, if you can look at the the gap in your revenue on your calendar and say, what could I do during this season to generate some revenue? Your your consistency um, will really kind of even out. Right. I love that. You know, it, and the the cycle of booking, it is so uh, very, why, why is it so hard to say words today? It varies so much uh, depending on the industry too. I think about one of our clients, Carrie, who we talk about all the time. I know you listen, Carrie. Hey. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but she, I remember a couple of years ago, she started um, a run club because she is in physical therapy and she has a, a wellness center where they do pelvic floor therapy and they have PT and they have CrossFit and they have yoga and they have all these incredible services. But one thing that uh, she wanted to do was create a run club that would start. And it was like, people want to, especially when it comes to taking back their health, it's why is January the marker? I have always said that if I start a book, if I write a book about, um, you know, starting stuff, it's going to be called starting Monday because it just takes you till about Thursday to be like, Oh, I forgot. I forgot I was not, I'm not doing it. And then, you know what, on Monday, I'm going to start on Monday. Oh never start things on Monday. Please never start on Mondays. But we laugh because it's like the beginning of the year. People have made these resolutions. They've said that this is what they're going to do. I'm in a college town. I can tell you that every August and every January, those UGA buses are packed to the brim. I mean, it looks like confetti hanging out the sides of, Mm -hmm. you know, the buses windows because there's so many kids and it takes about three weeks before everybody says, I'm not going to class anymore. (laughs) Um, But, but she was like, you know, I'm going to start this in January. It gives people a chance to, you know, they're working on their health. Let's go ahead and get you signed up and then I'll be able to give them a consistent plan. So you do have to just be thinking about, um, about the, the cycles of when stuff is going to work. So let's get into like, we've got three like points to help you um, kind of get on track with that pre-planning of your sales and your content. And the very first one is exactly what I said. It's think at least three months ahead. What are you typically selling, marketing, booking, and launching three months from now? If you sell Valentine's Day products and gifts, you go on ahead and start creating that content now and planning for those sales starting in November, right? Corey, Corey talks about this all the time with shooting Christmas stuff right now. Right. Well, I have been shooting since October. I have been shooting Christmas content for clients actually back in September um, so that they had brand assets ready to go for right now. So, you know, if you're launching something, don't create it the week before. You need a longer runway. Uh, and by creating, we don't mean like the, the product. We mean the sales funnel and all the marketing assets like emails and social media content and like your point of sales process. Like all of those things need to be planned well in advance. And so, uh, especially if you do anything in a with a seasonal approach, don't be showing up the first part of February trying to get a photographer to shoot things for you. Um, it's just not gonna work. 
That's why also you see, you see things you see, I never understood. And I was always the one that was like, why is Christmas stuff out in October? Well, I was part of a mastermind where there was a lot of crafters in it. And, um, they were talking about how all the things have to come out so that the people can make the things that you go to the holiday shows and the holiday craft fairs to purchase. So it needs to come out in September or October. So those people can be buying those things. I was Mm -hmm. like, well, now that makes sense. Right. Right. I mean, and and also, you know, when we're talking about plant pre-planning with the actual tangible sales, sales, not sales, um, but the sales, um, you also have to think about um, how much time people are going to need to buy, need to, need to, uh, communicate with themselves to buy what it is that you're selling. If it is, you know, something sub $100, it's going to be a shorter runway. If it's something that's three figures, it's going to be a little bit longer. If it's something that's four figures, you're selling a course or you're selling, um, you know, whatever you could be selling that is at least $1,000, you're going to need a good like six to nine weeks before you can expect to have those doors open and people actually coming in. And so, planning out based on how much something that you're selling is costing. And also, um, you know, just thinking, just thinking ahead, it's going to, it's going to benefit you in the end to start thinking ahead. Now, mind you, do we do this perfectly ourselves? No, we do not. We do not. And if you just go back and listen to any of our podcast episodes, you will see where we were planning for things and then pivots had to happen and we shifted and you didn't hear us planning for those anymore. So, um, you know, we're not saying that we've got it perfect, but we do think that that when we have seen the best results for sales within our own individual businesses and the reboot, it's always been planning three, six, nine months ahead. Um, just figuring out what it is that you want things to, to what you're, hold on. Well, Corey, I hadn't finished this coffee. It's too early for this. Um, uh, planning what you want to sell and how you want this to unfold. Uh, it, the pre-planning is going to be the thing to do. Okay. Move it along. Cause this yes. point is tongue tie me. I'm telling you what, you know, we also normally record in the afternoon and this is a morning recording. And so you can tell that our brains are not quite yet firing on all. This is not my best. This is not my best work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So point number two here is to know when people are buying what you have to offer. So we were laughing. We were like, yeah, hello, don't sell homemade popsicles in January. (laughs) Like that is not something that's going to happen. We, I happen to live in a vacation place uh, where people come to vacation at the beach and like, it's, it will be hard press if you were making homemade organic popsicles to sell them in January. So uh, have a plan for the fact that people won't be buying those. Um, also, this is a funny, don't sell retreats over the summer when everyone is on vacation and no one sees your content. I mean, I don't do know why we, we would say that. Do we speak from experience? Uh, yes. Yes, we do. And so when Melissa says, yeah, there are things that we have done that we have learned the hard way. Please learn from our mistakes. And selling a retreat over the summer when everybody's on vacation? Please do not do that. Don't do it. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. For we're thinking about uh, what Corey was saying with senior photography. I can talk to like the wedding industry. You've got to start thinking about, you know, um, when people are going to buy your stuff, but also again, going back to fiscal years. So in the wedding industry, engagements happened in December most of them. Mm -hmm. And then that meant that weddings were happening in June. Okay. So I'm in the South where um, you're not taking pictures in July and August. So we would not be trying to sell portrait sessions that will take place in July and August. I was recently chatting with an industry owner, like a business owner 
in the wedding industry. And she was saying that um, weddings are a bit slower to book right now. And that research is showing that the wedding industry is going to start to see the impacts of COVID from three years ago, because that's how long it typically takes for couples to meet, date, fall in love, get engaged, get married. And we just thought that that was so interesting. And I'm like, yeah, so you have to also consider that there was a global pandemic. So things that may have sold in certain manners before, they may not do that moving forward now. So, um, you know, wedding calendar, you're, you're working around, uh, the weather, right? School calendars, you're working August to May. If you've got, uh, services, if you have a business that offers services to school age kids, you're going to need to start thinking about those, uh, breaks from the calendar. So if you have a dance studio, for instance, or a gymnastics studio, don't create programs to launch outside of what, you know, parents are going to need for those summer months. It's not time to create a new elite track. That's going to elevate your athletes, you know, skills with a ton of hours and a ton of work during the summertime. It's going to be time for you to capitalize where people have needs like creating summer camps or parents' nights outs and stuff like that. And then if you're um, you know, a, a government employee or you have uh, government contracts through your business, you know, you're going to want to know that uh, those cycles are, what is it, Corey, October to October? Yeah. Well, so Kevin works now as a retiree and he works for a company that has a government contract. And so um, the government fiscal year goes October to October. So they are likely not going to renew contracts until the budget for the next year has been set or voted on, um, I digress, or take on new projects that don't have money already allocated for it. So, uh, and I actually have a couple of other friends that work for small businesses that have these government contracts. And um, it's real interesting talking about them and kind of the the sales cycle and the the work cycle and the contract cycle. So it it's, it's far reaching when you are looking at sales and marketing cycles um, in the fiscal year. Every every business is different. Talking about school calendars, I have a friend here who owns a dance studio and my all of my girls went through um, her programs. And summer camps were some of the most fun things that uh, my girls enjoyed was it wasn't like a full-on dance calendar and like they had to be there every day, but it was like, you know, a week they would do a week or two out of the summer just to kind of keep them busy and keep them active and give them something fun to look forward to. But I mean, she did princess camps. And even as the girls aged out of those kinds of camps, she would invite them back in to be her helpers uh, with the little ones. And so so look for ways that your business can serve the gaps in the market based on sales cycles, marketing um, cycles, and fiscal years. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so that was like number three <laughs> is just researching and making sure that you are, again, it has so much to do with looking ahead. But I want to give you just a bonus number four here. And this has to do with the goals that you're setting um, that are going to happen because you're utilizing looking ahead for your content and sales. And that is to reverse engineer a monetary goal for the payoff that this planning is going to give you. So you're going to do this at the beginning before you start, you know, planning. So if we're, if Corey and I, just for instance, we're looking at stuff for the business reboot, y'all, we are planning things that are happening in 2025 already. And it's not because we're so organized and this is like how we love to function. It's because Corey is anal retentive and she will not <laughs> let me sleep until we start planning stuff that's way far ahead. No, but it, it, you know what? As a wedding photographer, I always planned my year like 18 to 24 months ahead because that's how far out people were getting engaged. And normal people who had normal jobs were like, how in the world do you function? Let me just tell you, it was a lot of um, deconstructing for my own 
calendar when I walked away from that world because I was like, what do you mean? I'm not going to know what I'm doing Saturday, eight years from now. (laughs) I'm going to be with Beth and Jim. What do you mean? And so, um, so, but, but what we want you to do is to start thinking at the beginning of that planning and giving yourself some kind of challenge to rise to monetarily, just divide the number of months that you have and really spend time focusing on how to hit that monetary number. Just remember though, that you can't sow what you don't plant. And just like any harvest, look at heart, look at the fall analogies I mean, coming to me. I am so proud of you. I might as well have apple crisp in my hand. But I think it takes—that's <laughs> right, it did. But it takes around three months for things to bloom after they've been planted, right? You cannot harvest things that you're not planting now. And so, really, that's that's the big takeaway from this episode: to start pre-planning now. It is mid-November. You've got sales and things that you can hit and get for the rest of this month and next month. But if you can go ahead and get your head wrapped around mid-January right now, you know, mid-February, it's going to allow you to have a larger scope on what you're capable of in your business and uh, where you could be taking this. So can I say too, real quick, Melissa, with with that point, excuse me, is that like Melissa said, we're already looking at doing things now that are going to help us for where we want to be in 2025. And that may sound really crazy, but that is the way that you grow scale and make big pivots and shifts in your business. And we've been at this long enough to know that sometimes it can happen quickly and other times it needs a much longer runway. That's that's our favorite analogy because it's really true. Um, there are things that we need to do in our individual businesses as well as the business reboot to set that 2025 year up for success. And that's something that we really focus on helping our coaching clients do in terms of where are you right now? What's working for you and what's not working for you? And where do you want to, to drive this business to? Where, where are you taking it versus where is it taking you? And I think that's where a lot of business owners fail. And, and the planning part of it is reverse engineering that big, audacious, big, hairy, scary goal that you're wanting to do. And you're like, I'm dreaming of this thing. Okay, but guess what? You've, it takes a lot of planning to get there and it doesn't happen overnight. So that was right. my well, and I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to add another two cents to that. That might be, hmm, hmm, you know what? I'm, YOLO, here we Just go. Just say um, it. I, I, think, I really think that, uh, you know, when you are trying to make a dramatic pivot, or shift in your business, or even if you have just started a business and you're you're launching into it and you're going to go full time, or if you are doing one thing, you know, like I transitioned from wedding photography and regular general portraiture to coaching full time, or if you're doing, I mean, if you, you know, are I'll talk about Carrie again because we left her. She went from like home health to running her entire you know company suite. Um, if you're going to do that the the amount of planning that it needs to take. And now here's the deal. Some people can rip a Band-Aid off and reach success super quick, okay? They can spend their first couple of years just racking up the numbers and things going really, really well. We will tell you, because these are the people that we serve, um, that eventually the Insta su- success gets old. <laughs> it, eventually, it's not that it runs out. It's just that it, it catches stops. Up to you. It, it catches up to you. It stops um, being so glamorous when you are burnt out or you're feeling stuck or you're lonely because entrepreneurship is a race that you run by yourself and it can be really difficult. Um, and this is not, I'm not, I did not intend to plug our coaching, but these are the people that we're serving through coaching. Um, and we know that one of the 
best and biggest and most helpful ways to prevent yourself from running ragged and from feeling like you're constantly having to overprove yourself is to pre-plan. So next week, we're going to be talking about long-term vision. That's like what you're doing in you know, three, five, 10 years in your business. If you look at what you're doing right now and you're like, this is amazing. I don't ever want to change what I'm doing. I want to do exactly this for the rest of my life. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, eventually you will change your mind (laughs) and, uh, and it will shift and it'll look a little bit different. Um, but you can plan things out and you can have these goals, uh, set up so that you do sustain. It may shift and it might look a little bit different, but it can be just as amazing and just as incredible, but it's going to, it's going to shift and change. So we will walk you through that next week. Um, this was really fun. Sorry we were discombobulated because that's what happens when your girls have to talk to each other at like 9 a.m. on a Thursday <laughs> when they haven't had their coffee yet. So um, we have something for you this week. This will be the last week that it's available because we know that Black Friday is a coming. And if we haven't gotten our sales stuff together by now, well, Good luck. Um, So one of our favorite resources about sales is going to be linked in our show notes, and we would love to give it to you. It's called How to Lose a Sale in 10 Ways, and it's going to help you with the upcoming Black Friday and end of your sales cycle. So hop over and snag snag that resource. It's going to walk you through ways that um, we do lose sales. So things like lack of communication and poor customer experience, having a lackluster product, but inside that guide are going to be all the tips that you need to make sure that you are capitalizing in the most beautiful, impeccable chef's Mm -hmm. kiss way to make those sales and uh, give your clients everything and more that they're looking for from you. So we also have just a little quick favor to ask you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please go leave us a review. It'll help get the word out. We have so many fun things coming for the just the rest of the year on the podcast and next year. 2024 is going to be something yes. crazy, y'all. Yes, we cannot is. wait. We cannot wait. Okay. Thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at Business Reboot or visit our website at thebusinessreboot.com. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. Mm-hmm.